Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Crystal Clodcast. This time it's episode 21.5. That point five means it's another Jamie's mailbag. Hooray! That is the thing that happens when we either don't have time to record properly <laughs> or as was the case this week, a bunch of people are ill. Yeah, I've been ill like what, a full week now? I'm pretty so... sure Mia has spent an entire week just like comatose. Yeah, basically. I'm like, today's the day where I'm like, okay, I'm just coming out of it now. I'm just well yeah. enough to do something other than lie in bed. And it's like, we could sit down and take serious notes about the, you know, Steven Universe mm. episodes, but I feel like that would be a little <laughs> too much hard work today. Yeah, so that's like, so everyone can blame me, basically. It's yeah. my fault. Basically, so. it's Mia's fault. Yeah. And me, yeah. I was ill too. That's true. You were ill, but you were up and about enough to, like, you kind of, s- survive. Yeah, I think you got over it faster than me. I was a bit more dramatic. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not that I got over it faster, it's just that <laughs> I'm, I'm not that. as... I am death. That's true. I'm so, very dramatic. Uh, to do proper introductions, I'm here this week with Mia. Hello, you may know me as Omia God on Twitter. Retta. Hi, you may know me as Super Retar on Twitter. And on the day that we're recording, I currently have a house guest, so we have an additional member on the Clodcast today. Hello, additional Clodcast member. Who are you? Hello, I'm Jane. I can be found as Maniac Janiac on Twitter. And you also have watched Steven Universe and will presumably have thoughts to say about uh, Ronaldo being uh, a ficus, for example, which is one of the questions I'm very excited Mm -hmm. for today is about (laughs) Ronaldo. I'm so excited. We get to talk about Ronaldo, the canonical ficus this week. We have a lot of um, variety, I think, this week. This week we have some interesting, uh, interesting questions. So let's start with a nice one from Thomas Taylor this week. Hey, Clods, quick question. If you had to date a gem, who would it be and why? Mia, who are you going to date? I immediately was like, I think I would go with Amethyst because I like the idea that we could just sit on the couch. That's because she's TV. just like me, isn't it? I guess. <laughs> like, I, I like the idea that you can just have like a super relaxed time in. You can just eat junk food, watch TV. That's, that's what I do. I'm not very oh. active. I, I agree with you to a certain extent, but mm. I think you would have to be okay with living in actual trash. <laughs> like, true. literal actual trash. Yeah. And if you ever upset her, she will just, like, transform into Retta and be like, huh, do you like it when I transform into Retta, huh? That's true. She's quite petty and, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think I could put up with it. You reckon you could put up with that yeah. in order to date, like, we'll eat pizza? Yeah, if it, if it, so friend. that I don't have to leave the house and kind of do anything. <laughs> Because I, f- I feel like the other, everyone else is Lazy kind of... dating. That's yeah. what you're into. Everyone else is too fussy, <laughs> I think. I, I disagree, but we'll get around to me in a minute. Which gem will you date, Retta? Um, I'm not entirely sure, honestly. There's so many of them. Um, Do you need time to think? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> is this a big, serious decision? Should we come yeah, back to you? Yeah, come back to me. I'll, I'll think it over. Jane, which crystal gem would you date? Um, I was originally thinking Amethyst, but you've really put me off it now. So I'm sorry, <laughs> did I ruin Amethyst for you? <laughs> you ruined Amethyst for me. Um, maybe Topaz, I think, because I think there's probably a lot more going on there, and, and she seems quite sensitive, so... Aww. That's um, a good be, one, yeah. I, quite interesting to get a know about her. I, I feel like Garnet is my answer, because Garnet mm. seems to like have her shit together. <laughs> Like, she knows what's up, she can see the future, so, like, if anything terrible's going to happen to me, she can at least, like, you know, steer me away yeah. from it a little bit. I feel like you could depend on Gandhi. Yeah, she's, like, you know, big square protective partner that yeah. could just, like, you know, I can see the future, if anything comes to hurt you, I'll punch it in the face. <laughs> so, so it's a good quality to have, I think. In yeah. Have you, have you got any thoughts, Retta? <laughs> I think mine would be Ruby, just because I am not assertive at all, and I'm just like, I could do with a Ruby to go around with. <laughs> so angry and kind yeah. of impulsive. Like, I never get angry. I don't think mm. I've ever gotten angry, like, since we've, like, lived together. It's yeah. just, it's not something I do. So I need someone who can get angry for me. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, next question up we have is from Missy, and this is an email we got. Uh, Hello, all. I'm sending this as I listen to the podcast and you're talking about Ronaldo's koala anime. So to clarify this, this is the episode where Ronaldo and Kiki pretend to be dating. Yes, and the girlfriend has the yeah, koala hime. It, yeah, koala hime, mm-hmm. uh, kiss kiss koala romance yeah. anime that she comes to rena- return to co- uh, Ronaldo and it's like, oh no. Uh. So uh, the question was brought up, I think, by Retta during that episode of is Ronaldo a furry? And according to Missy, no. Ronaldo is not a furry. He is a planty. 
His plant he dresses up as is a ficus. It was stated on the official Keep Beach City Weird Tumblr. This is, of course, all dependent on how canon you think that blog is. So, I have the blog post here. Okay. Um, an anonymous person asked the, the officially run Keep Beach City Weird Tumblr, uh, I seem to have a problem. Every 28 days or so, my son goes missing for the entire evening and doesn't show up until the morning. I think he leaves the house and is gone all night till the crack of dawn. He comes home with his clothes all mangled and smells strongly of wet dog. This has been happening about once a month, usually when there's a full moon. Should I be concerned? And Ronaldo's response is, no need to worry, your son is what is commonly referred to as a furry. Furries are a community of people who dress up like animals. I'm part of a similar community called Planties. I dress up as a ficus. Do we think this is canon? I think it is. I mean, if you read the blog, from what I remember, it talks about him breaking up with his girlfriend. Yeah, like, it references references the show. It's not entirely unconnected. So, I guess my only question for everyone is... How do you feel about the knowledge that Ronaldo dresses up as a ficus? Um, whatever floats your boat, I guess. I have a theory about Fen- uh, Ronaldo, okay. a f- a ficus Ronaldo. I think this is how he knows so much of what's going on. Okay. I think this is how he knows about the Great Diamond Authority, etc. He just dresses up as a ficus and just, like, hangs around. No one oh. spots him. <laughs> so he, he's actually been there in multiple episodes, which is not Yeah, known. no, he's, 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 he's in the He's actually background. a fantastic spy. Yeah. He's yeah. a really good spy. He's in the background of a lot of scenes <laughs> dressed as a ficus. I want to watch the trial now and just see if there's, like, a plan in the background. <laughs> exactly. I want to rewatch Steven Universe now looking for ficuses. Yeah. Does Yellow Diamond have a plan in her office? <laughs> yeah, it's like we're in the depths of space yet an earth plant is here mm. Mm. So you it might be a continuity error that that plant moves but no planting the seed so I did have to look up ficuses to be like what kind of plant is a ficus yeah, I have no idea what it is uh, you Me can either. peer your, your head around okay, the, the point, yeah. it's like a house plant it's just uh, like okay, big yeah. big green leaves floppy house plant like if you go to like a doctor's office and there's a plant it's probably this yes also apparently bonsais are part of the ficus family I wasn't aware of that no so like, who knows maybe he's just a standard house plant maybe he's a bonsai we don't know mm. but bonsai trees are quite like skinny aren't they Ronaldo is not a skinny guy <laughs> well he can do whatever you like. If, if, if you have him. if you have enough leaves, you can make it look like a very like big bushy bit of, of the bonsai. The shrubbery bit. <laughs> big bushy Ronaldo. <laughs> um, so thank you, Missy, for letting us know that Ronaldo is a planty. Uh, next up. So one thing I've never seen talked about previously is We've talked about the theory that um, the temple might have been a gem at some point. Oh, I like this email. Yeah, so there's a couple of things to summarise here, but this is an email from uh, Tony... Tony SR? Uh, Antonio Tony SR. And there's a couple of things in here, but I think the one that was most interesting to me was uh, the Steven Universe art book that came out recently, Mm -hmm. which... Did we talk about the controversy with that last episode? Do I we want do we think... want to address that at all on the air or should we should we save that because we say we're probably going to do an art book episode yeah we okay that? we'll we'll bump that back yeah. but um one thing that's relevant to the art book that's in this uh, email is talking about um apparently in some of the art for the temple it's called obsidian temple which has led some people to assume that obsidian might be the name of the gem that that temple is. Um, it's, it's an interesting point that they've actually named it after a natural gem. Like, yeah, to me, that seems like it, it seems to suggest something. it's not just like a random design. It's either a gem or it was like designed after a specific yeah, gem. Yeah. And like, I think the best theory about that would be it was um, garnet, pearl, amethyst, and rose. Yeah. was probably this. That's what I've always assumed. It has yeah. to be. So, like, there's a few things they note about this. Uh, the mask slash second face on the temple has a pearl on the top of it. Mm-hmm. There's a gem where amethysts usually is. Yep. Um, one of the intact ta- hands has a teleporter, which uh, where Sapphire has her gem. Um, Rose Quartz gem is at the navel. Um, 
what do you mean? We uh, people people are asking like, okay, Rose Quartz's gem is at the navel. If this is a fusion of all of them, where is her gem on the temple? Where is the house? Now? It's the house. Yeah. Um, you know, home is where the heart is. Rose is uh, associated with love and compassion and emotions and believed to be by folklore to be the house in the heart and. Basically, the house is her gem. Yeah, I, I can see that Which, being a thing, yeah, sure. Yeah, I I like this theory. Um, I don't know... I guess the question that comes out of this email is, going around the table, do, any of, do we think this is designed to look like a fusion, or do we think this is an actual gem? I think it is an actual fusion of them that has existed... And someone has made this statue. So you you think it's it is a statue? You don't think it is? Oh the, no, the gem. I don't yeah. think this is. I don't think it's literally the gem. Yeah, because I've seen that theory go around for yeah. a while, and I think it being designed to look like the fusion of the four gems to me makes more sense. Yeah, it's the place where they're all together. Yeah, it's yeah. the place where they're all together. Could also explain the temple rooms, though, if it is a real fusion that's like turned to stone. Ooh, with the heart room and everything so. inside we the temple. We have discussed all of the bits of it being like a they're body. laid out inside yeah. of a body. Maybe. Mm. There is a room that is literally called the heart room. That's true. So is there a gem powering it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm if changing it, my If you mind, can no. trap a gem in a mirror, maybe there's a gem that's powering the temple. Okay, maybe. I feel like it has It's to a be... long shot, but it could I'm, be a thing. It could be both. The statue could be based on the fusion, but there could still be an actual gem in this statue that's powering the room. Yeah. Also, one interesting thing that was brought up uh, by one of the videos linked in this email was we've discussed on the Clodcast for a while, like, whose pearl is, you know, our pearl that we know. We've seen off-colour gems recently introduced to the show. Could our pearl be an off colour? Which would Possibly. potentially explain she might have been off like pearls, yeah. like pink diamonds pearl, but yeah. off colour. So she's not necessarily white. Because they, they do that with um, Jasper, don't they? Like, yeah. They, they kind of, without saying it, imply Jasper's yellow diamonds, but she's not, she's pink. Yeah. So they could be doing the same thing with pearl. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because isn't Jasper supposed to be yellow because of the type of soil that she was created in or something? We, we see the off colour amethysts in space, don't we? Yeah. And some yeah, of them look it's... like Jasper. So I think it's like. They can come out that colour. Yeah, it just depends. Hmm. So, uh, next email we've got up is from Michael Giorgio. Probably say Michael Jordan there. Like, wow! Uh, yeah, Michael Jordan turns out, like, when he's not playing basketball, he's yeah. really into the Clodcast. <laughs> cool. Um, That's where we get our listeners from, really. Yeah, yeah, none of us ever noticed that he tweets the Clodcast <laughs> out every week. That would explain it. Yeah, ever no, I was going to say everyone tweet, <laughs> tweet Michael Jordan to listen to the Clodcast. Don't do that. That's... That'd that's, be weird and rude. Yeah, that's weird and rude. Don't do that. Hey, Clodcasters, Michael Giorgio, who's definitely not Michael Jordan. Uh, I find that I uh, may very well be alone in my thinking on this, but I'd quite like if Peridot chooses never to fuse. Um, they talk a lot in this email. I'm, I'm going to kind of summarise it, but they talk about their desire to see an asexual analogue within the show. And I thought this email's interesting because... We've only seen the topic of fusion approached once with Peridot, and it's with Garnet. She's and quite homophobic about it. Well, no, she's... Okay, she's initially a bit homophobic about it. She eventually gets over that, and she does go to dance with Garnet. To, she's like, look, I want to understand... The you know, permafusion. Yeah, I want to understand the permafusion. And she freaks out about doing the fusion dance. And I kind of like the idea that maybe that is a thing where she's just never going to be a fusion and that's like yeah. I would like to see them do a conversation about that maybe I like that I think there's space for that I think especially recently where we've seen um, fusion be used for polyamory as well yeah. like mm. the meaning of fusion is becoming kind of bigger and I think applying it to asexuality has been like I just don't I have no interest I, in that I, I could see that yeah, sure. yeah I, I'm I, up for all representation in it like yeah. everyone needs representation I think, especially, <laughs> I think Peridot is one of those characters that 
everyone since her introduction, and particularly since she was paired with Lapis in the barn, <laughs> has been assuming fusion's going to happen eventually. Who's she going to fuse with? It, yeah, because they're, they're not to cut in. Yeah, go like, ahead. It seems when she's introduced that they're pushing with Amethyst, and then it seems very quickly they change their mind and start pushing her with Lapis. And they seem to still be going in that direction. I think if they were going to do a fusion, it would be Lapis, but I I would be totally up for them having just a conversation at some point where it's like, hey, are you still interested in fusion? It's really not for me. I'd rather just, you know, live in the barn with you and enjoy watching... <laughs> what's the show? Campining Camp Pining Hearts yeah. with you. And just I would like, prefer that. Not do f- it would be nice if they had a conversation about yeah. it, because she's been repulsed the one time she thought about, like, approached trying to do fusion so there's a foundation there to do it i think there definitely is so i think uh michael jordan geo uh i think there's definitely room for that so we'll we'll see what happens uh next up we have a lengthy email with the paradox theory uh should i just read i this is the era two paradox one Okay. About her powers. Should I just read the whole email? You can it's... do. If you want to like skip some parts of it, or just roll with it. Okay, so this email is from Terence Granger, and this is a theory, uh, a theory about Peridot. When you were talking about the episode Too Short to Ride, you seemed to take Peridot's reasoning as to why she couldn't shapeshift at face value. I'm not sure she can be trusted about this. Peridot specifies that she's an Era 2 Peridot, which means she was made after the Rebellion on Earth. Uh, she refers to old gem tech on Earth being Era 1 tech. She says that because that because resources were dwindling, Era 2 Peridots were given limb enhancers because they don't have powers. This is important because shortly afterwards, we see that she actually does have metal powers. I don't think what Peridot says is true, but I think she believes it. After the rebellion on Earth, with a rose quartz rising up and leading a successful rebellion, going outside of her assigned role in gem society, it's possible the diamonds wanted to prevent any other gems having similar notions of overthrowing their rule. In order to keep the population under better control, the diamonds decided to lie to new gems about the extent of their powers. Uh, talks about the diamonds being total dictators, uh, the caste system meaning that no one questions them. I thought you were just going to say um, it talks about the diamonds <laughs> being total dicks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they are total dicks. Um, but yeah, like, it's it's reinforced by the fact that Peridot desperately clings to this idea that Yellow Diamond was the most perfect logical gem in existence um, for the longest time. Giving new Peridot's limb enhancers and telling them you have no powers, you need to use this tech to be useful, ensures they stay subservient and within the limits of the tech they're given. They're totally re- Telling them they're totally reliant on this technology means they'd never try and see what happens if they had powers, let alone practice using them. Uh, this is a thing we've kind of talked about a lot, I think. This mm. idea that a lot mm. of gems probably have abilities they don't know about just because they only do what they're told their role in society yeah. is. Yeah. I can't think of other examples in the show of that off the top of my head because I'm suddenly blanking. <clears throat> Rose Quartz being able to heal. Rose Rose can heal. Uh, yeah. Do we have any other good examples? I suppose Lapis, in terms of her her powers can be used um, offensively, very powerfully. Yeah. But she was only meant to terraform. She was, she was meant to terraform and to... Well, there's also um, Bismuth. Yeah, Bismuth, who does kind of Weaponsmith, where she was actually just meant to build towers think, and spires yeah. and things. Well, most of these are like these gems having additional, being more useful when they do different things, but there's they're not displaying powers. Maybe that... Amethyst with shape shifting. Maybe I don't know. Have we seen other? That seem... Other gems can shape shift, but I always get the impression that Amethyst is the one who's best. That's it. Yeah, I. it's interesting. I feel like she does... I don't know whether it's that she has additional powers or whether that's just that she's not afraid to do something taboo. Yeah, because we know Garnet can shift. Mm. She has shift. Yeah. Shift. So, like, the solid ones we have are Rose could heal, mm-hmm. and that was a thing she was never told she could do. Yeah, because even um, Eyeball... Ruby. There were rumours. Yeah, yeah, there, there were, were rumours about Rose Quartz um, that could heal. Yeah. Peridot can use metal powers. Mm-hmm. Steven can... Uh... Well, it's kind of like floating and yeah. healing and stuff. It's everything that Rose Quartz could do. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, like I don't know if we have any other solid I feel examples like this of it. To be more. Uh, yeah. We may not have picked up on certain things yet. Yeah. I feel like it's a thematic thing regardless. Like even if other gems don't have explicitly powers that haven't you know, they weren't told they had. Could argue fusion in itself is like because we see that gems are well, allowed to fusion cross with their, class fusion. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Gems mm. are allowed to fusion with their own gems, but not other gems. That was yeah. I guess pretty much everything Garnet can do is an ability that rubies and sapphires are not supposed to have. Yeah, because Garnet herself is not really meant to exist in the class yeah. society. So, yeah, oh, I... Poor Garnet. <laughs> I'm totally on board for that theory. Yeah. I, I think that, like, all those examples you're bringing up of things like um, Bismuth uh, being a weaponsmith and things, they all reinforce this idea that that's thematically what they want to go for, I think. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Like, the diamonds have remained in power for so long because everyone assumes that the diamonds are amazing and they themselves are Well, useless. we've discussed it on the podcast previously, saying that maybe they deliberately give them tasks that they aren't... Yeah, that aren't the thing at. they're the yeah. best at. Because yeah. they're like, but if they're all doing what they're actually the best at, then we can get overthrown and we're not up for that, so... Yeah. Which is what we're saying, which is maybe why um, Bismuth and Garnet were maybe <clears> able <throat> to hold off the whole battalions, because they're obviously yeah. very physically powerful gems, but they're not supposed to be fighters. Yeah. yeah. Um, so our next email is from Jordan Jolivet. Uh, going back and reviewing episodes with you all, I realised that every character has at least one episode of development showcasing their flaws as individuals, except for Connie. I know this will sound crazy, but her character just seems too perfect. That's not true. I disagree with Here this Here comes well. a thought. That, Here... that The one that has that song in it, it's about yeah. how Connie has gotten it's... too absorbed in her training and it then is... takes it too yeah. far. It's the next batch of episodes we're talking about, but I think... I think it's unfair to say she has no flaws because there's Here Comes a Thought where she's too absorbed in her training and she like flips a kid over and breaks his arm. There is uh, the episode where she was reading that series of books she wanted Stephen to read and she gets really defensive over hers being the only correct interpretation yeah, at first. like she was very tied up in like the logic and like it had to be a very mature take. She yeah. didn't really... She's very dismissive of any opposing view of the books. Yes. There's also just... the whole episode about her lying to her parents. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that the way she um, interacted with her parents was itself a flaw because she didn't feel comfortable enough to talk to them she yeah. misled her parents about needing glasses for goodness knows how long she said it was over a year yeah yeah that she hadn't needed glasses but pretended that she did around her parents there's a lot of flaws to She's... every single character if you just yeah. look at yeah. it enough you've just got to figure I it out i can understand where the email comes from though because mm. i think that connie's flaws are not as blatant i think i think it's because we don't really like at this point in time we haven't seen connie fight quite as much as the others yeah whereas a lot of their flaws are kind of brought to light in the midst of battle. I, I disagree. I think <clears throat> I think the issue more is that she's never had a flaw so bad that we as an audience are supposed to dislike her. She's never mm. hu- upset or hurt anyone that we care about as an audience. Like, she comes close to hurting Stephen in that book one, but they resolve it pretty quickly. But she never has a dedicated episode where she is, say as bad as Pearl when she's rebuilding that tower and, like, giving an excuse to fuse with Garnet. She never... Connie never does anything that actively hurts one of our core party in a way that they need to heal from. She has flaws, but they're not so overtly negative. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they're all sort of, I can understand why you did that, rather than, oh, that's really painful that you did that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good look on it. So, I I think it's fair to say that like she's not been given as much of a negative, like a solid negative. This is the bad thing you did episode, mm. but they pepper through a lot of her doing morally dubious things that you could yeah. question the the morality of. I suppose there's also time yet for Connie completely yeah. flawed yeah, episode because she <laughs> she's very young still. Yeah, because um, she's the youngest. I think that's part of why people see her as such a perfect character I mean mm. she's very young but she's very intelligent and she's more um, physically capable in terms of like technique like sword fighting than yeah. Steven is so I can see why people on the surface would think I, that she's I think very... if she had 
magic powers mm. like the gems did, she'd be considered a Mary Sue. Yeah, I guess I it's think... like it's like the Batman <laughs> argument. Like Batman has no powers, but he's ridiculously talented to make up for it. Yeah. So you put him next to the Justice League, and it's like. Is he too perfect? But it's like, but he has no powers. So yeah, is he a Gary Stu? Like, mm. Connie has no other powers. And Steven is physically very strong. Like, we've seen Steven get thrown into walls and be perfectly fine. If he did that to Connie, yeah. she would presumably die. And she puts a lot of pressure yeah. on herself as well. So that that in itself could lead to a massive downfall. Yeah. 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 She's she very... could try to take on too much by herself and not ask for help when she needs it because that's something that she's she, she almost, struggled with. She almost did in the uh, in the snow when yeah. those two mut- gem mutants were there. So I think there's definitely flaws there, but it's also kind of fair to say she's not had her own this is her yeah. horrible flaw mm-hmm. episode. Um, next up we have an email from Matthew Marshall about Peridot and the Temple. Uh, when Peridot is first unbubbled by Stephen after they toss her limb enhancers, she continues talking about the cluster like nothing happened. So we've talked about this. If a gem is bubbled mid-conversation, when they're unbubbled, they continue as if, like, they don't acknowledge that time's passed. Yeah, they don't realise what's happened. Until, like, oh, I'm in a different place, I guess. Yeah, that must have happened, yeah. Like, Bismuth didn't know that, what, 5,000 years had passed Mm -hmm. or something? Yeah, she still thought the war was going on. Yeah. Uh, However, after taking a second look around, Peridot looks up at all the other bubble gems in the heart room in fear and says, oh, my stars, you're going to harvest me. Uh, What is harvesting? Is it related to this room in the temple? Uh, Matthew does have a theory about this. Given we know so little about the temple itself, it's hard to say. Best I can figure is that maybe homeworld bubble gems before shattering them for geo-weapons, fusion experiments, and gem shards. Like, we've seen that homeworld does make use of shattered gem fragments. And they do bubble things as well, because all of the rose quartz is a bubble in the diamond room. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so the question that Matty's asking is, you know, maybe temples like the gem the Crystal Gems one were structures for this practice. Could it be an old, you know what what do we think? I I think there's probably something to this. I think that you don't make something as big as the cluster without having a lot of shattered gems. And if you're trying to quash a rebellion, any gem that isn't in line with what you want probably gets yeah, harvested, and, uh, if we're going to use that term. Yeah, I'm wondering, is is this what the... Um, oh, what's the best way to describe The new kind of um, allegory for, like, disabled gems? Oh, and... the uh, the fu- the forced fusions. No, the, the ones Laz is hanging out with currently. Oh. The ones uh, that we called the misfit gems. Yeah, the, the misfit gems. I feel like yeah. this, is a, this is a good reference to them. Like, perhaps if they got caught, they would have been... They would like, have been harvested. harvested. Yeah. Like, maybe that's what Homeworld does. Like, if a gem comes yeah. out that can't <clears throat> fill its purpose, it's Could harvested. also be from interrogations and things from the war to try and get information, because that's what happened with yeah. Lapis. It's why she was putting the mirror that's in the true. first place. Well, I'm just thinking, like, why did Paradox Mind go to Harvested? Like, that makes me assume that Harvested is a thing that Homeworld does. Yeah, that's like, like, part of that's like a known thing that... I would guess if Peridot's assuming that, maybe as someone that was going out doing missions for the Diamonds, maybe this is something she was familiar with. Maybe her and Jasper have previously harvested gems. I don't know. I mean, I can't really see Homeworld as having a prison, for instance. I feel like if, if, you know, a gem has done something wrong or whatever, I feel like they'll be poofed and used somehow. Yeah, well, we do know that they do have technology to keep gems within a certain space because of the ship. That's true. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. They do have prisons, but I feel like that's a temporary measure until the the Mm. gem can be dealt with. (laughs) What's the final decision once they've been in the prison? Uh, So next email we have is from Ellie Barlow. Uh, Dear Crystal Cloudcast, I've seen a lot of people notice the difference between how Stephen responds to Kevin versus how he responds to gem antagonists. Stephen expressed empathy towards Peridot, Jasper, Lapis, Aquamarine, and Topaz. On the other hand, he's much more aggressive towards Kevin. What are your thoughts on why this might be the case? 
Because um, I've, yeah. got, I've got some thoughts uh, on yeah, this. Oh, no, you can feel free to start. I was just thinking my gut reaction is maybe it's that the gems can get away with it a bit more because Stephen assumes that they're not familiar with Earth customs and Earth society. Ooh, hadn't thought about that. But with that Kevin, it. it's like Kevin knows what he's doing. And Kevin knows what he's doing is wrong and he just doesn't he's care. Doing it anyway, yeah. I think my big thought on this is during the Drift Race episode, um, Kevin goes to give a fake emotional backstory and Stephen is open to being empathetic. That's true. He has, he does try and have empathy for what he believes at that moment to be Kevin's Mm. poor situation. And Kevin then turns around and mocks him and goes, you were, that was ridiculous. I don't have any kind of tragic backstory. I'm doing this because it's fun. And I think that's all the justification Stephen needs is I tried to empathize with you. Turns out you're just a dick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not going to empathize with you now. Also, you know, he's kind of like pedophilic rapey Kevin. Yeah, he hadn't. I know it's like the evil gems have not necessarily done anything nice, but what Kevin does is not really anything what jasper does isn't nice though no but you know if i think if kevin was getting corrupted by a gem somehow i think Stephen would still try and heal him yeah but also like kevin's a dick yeah yeah like i can totally get steven's way of thinking like i i think i'd kind of be like okay you guys have had a bad upbringing there so i'll give you a chance but kevin you know what the hell's going on you're just horrible do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, deliberately comes off as a, an irredeemable dick quite a lot of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whereas Jasper always feels like she's just on the verge of something. Like, it's, yeah. it's not going to take much <laughs> for one day for her to just go, you know what, you're right, this is all just yeah. <laughs> awful. I think while Jasper does some terrible things, I think she has understandable logic and you can see where her reasoning comes from. Whereas Kevin does just feel like he's a dick for the sake of being a dick, even when he has all the information required to not be a dick. Mm. Like, he's aware that Stevani is two kids, and he still does things he shouldn't do. Because even Mm. when he has all the information he needs, he still goes ahead with things because he's a dick. I remember that we did have a conversation about how his only kind of redeemable thing was that when he was like, oh, it's two kids, I'm out. But yeah. then he goes back to being really creepy in the racing episode. And it's just yeah. kind of like two kids in a beautiful disguise. And it's like, stop like, being creepy. No, they're two kids. Stop it. Yeah. You know that they're two kids. So basically, Kevin's a, uh, Kevin's a rapey fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, next email. <laughs> next email. Oh, so this is a big lengthy one that like I'm sure we'll have some things to say about this as we go. I'm going to just, like, read a lot of this email from... It's from Arthur Minor? Arthur Minor? Yellow Canary. That's your... That one. Um, it's... This is someone who does a lot of stuff to do with geology. So we'll jump into this. Yeah, and this I'm, is a really good email. I'm very curious to see if any of you, like, stop me if at any point you're like, ooh, I can see how that relates to that character. The theory they have about Ruby and Sapphire particularly. We'll, like. we'll get there. <laughs> so uh, this is Arthur from Illinois. Uh, I, I appreciate them giving us a pronunciation guide for Illinois. Um, I've heard Illinois said out loud, <laughs> thankfully, but... Yeah, me too. I, 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 I appreciate I you not... only on American Dad, so... I appreciate <laughs> that the emailer didn't assume we'd know how Illinois was pronounced. Yeah. Um, the podcast is my favourite podcast ever, so kudos. Yay! Yay! Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just had to get some self-promotion in. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I've been listening since you, since you started, and I thought I could add an interesting perspective on some things. I have a Bachelor of Science in Geology, and so I often notice little things about the gems in Steven Universe and how they relate to their actual minerals they're based on. I'm listing my thoughts by by gem for reference. Uh, For mineralogical reasons, I've grouped some together. Hopefully some of this comes across as more than useless trivia. Um, Some of this is informed by late season spoilers, but I think for the sake of this interesting email... It's we're, yeah. we're gonna, I kind of read it over Mia's yeah. shoulder we're gonna kind of going, that dip, looks very sciencey. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to dip into some of those late show spoilers. So, 
First up, we have Ruby, Sapphire, and that new gem who I don't know how to pronounce their name. Padparashka? Padparasha? They're the ones... Reverse Sapphire. They're the ones that can see the recent <laughs> uh, past. The one that can see the recent past that's... Uh, uh-huh. Yes. Uh, most people don't know this, but rubies and sapphires are actually different colours of the same mineral. The, d- the general name for the mineral used by geologists is corundum. Corundum's chemical formula is A is AI two O three, and it's actually second o- second only to the diamond in hard hardness. Interesting. That's that interesting. could be why they serve just underneath the diamonds. Yep, it would. Also, explain if anything could shatter a diamond. Maybe it was that new theory. Yeah. It was it was garnet. I'll add that to the board. Of yeah, course. we'll add it to the the red string board. Yeah. Uh, when pure corundum is uh, when pure corundum is clear and colourless. The different colours found in nature are caused by tiny amounts of aluminium replaced by uh, by various other metals. In real life, red corundum is called ruby, and all other colours are called sapphire. Hence the fact that Padarapsha is considered an off-colour sapphire and not an off-colour ruby. So, unless it's red, it's a sapphire. That's interesting. I never knew that. Um, Note that corundum occurs in basically every colour of the rainbow. An interesting in-universe question. Do all off-colour types of corundum look like sapphires? I don't know. Possibly. Uh, both of them. Is there and more that it, are like that then? Yeah, it's just it's interesting that she is that color. I want to like, go find them all. <laughs> yeah, the note that they're all that like they come in basically every color of the rainbow suggests that there'd be a lot of off-color sapphires. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious for like <laughs> what other directions can they maybe see yeah. in time? I can see sideways in time. <laughs> they could see what's going on at the same time somewhere else. Oh. That would be cool. That would be really <laughs> useful. Other dimensions. Yeah. This is parallel time. <laughs> exactly. On different worlds. We've seen other dimensions. Seven dimensional space. <laughs> yeah. Furthermore. Yeah, because doesn't oh. Ronaldo say they're beings of the either seventh or eighth dimension at some <gasps> point? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Did they come from another dimension? Furthermore. Padparashka is the name used in real life for a very specific pinkish orange colour of sapphire. Her visions work differently from those of conventional blue sapphires. Does it follow that each different colour of sapphire experiences visions, but they all work differently? This is what we were just saying. If not, do only blue sapphires see the future and all other colours see the present? Rubies are the same mineral too. Why don't they see visions? Uh, I don't know. Is They have a theory coming up, don't they? I, well... I don't want to kind of say... I have a theory about this. Shall shall we read their theory? Yes. Okay, you. right. Uh, rubies are famously bumbling and scatterbrained. Why would the Great Diamond Authority keep them, all around, uh, keep them around at all? What if the process required to produce blue sapphires has a side effect? The production of large numbers of rubies. The Great Diamond... Author- uh, the, the, G- the GDM? The Great Diamond... I don't know. I don't know what the <laughs> M stands for. I was trying to think of something that could fit. I, I, uh, I, think I cannot think of anything. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the GDM, whatever the GDM is, might be threatened by such a large number of rubies if they were to try to shatter them all. But the unity of blue sapphire fusion vision may be too good of an opportunity to pass up. They may have tried to. Oh, the great diamond. No. Monarch? Uh, matriarchy, possibly? That could work. That could, that work. could work. Let's assume it's matriarchy. Uh, may have tried to, to avoid this by changing the procedure, but that's only resulted in the, pro- the production of off-colour sapphires, that they've deemed even more useless than rubies. I do like the thought that because sapphires... Every, every sapphire starts off as a ruby until some of the aluminium is replaced with another mineral. It could just be that they have to produce an awful lot of rubies to get any sapphires because sapphires only happen when rubies go wrong. Yeah, the way I was thinking of it is like, we know that sapphires are seen as quite high up in the hierarchy, so therefore they could be quite rare. Like, what if like they make a big batch out of this mineral and you get like 10 rubies and a sapphire? Yeah. And that's why we have rubies as kind of the expendable foot soldiers. Yeah, there is... And the sapphire is kind of like the higher and up in the... not only are they expendable foot soldiers, they're expendable foot soldiers that are often fused together yeah, to make exactly. a big soldier. 
is you've got a lot of them lying around. You can yeah. just brute force your way to a strong soldier. Yeah. Also, the, the second hardest, it's the second hardest memorial to Diamond, as they said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they're clearly, even if they are scatterbrained, they're tough. I would, I would have to assume then that what makes sapphires in universe able to see the future is whatever mineral replaces the aluminium. Yeah. And possibly the off colour just didn't get enough of that yeah, particular so mineral. It developed in a different direction. Was the cluster mainly made up of <clears throat> off colour gems? Maybe. That would be a thing to go back and watch out for. Theories and questions. <laughs> I love this. We're answering questions and coming up with more questions. Yeah. This is, this is what, then what does this mean? <laughs> Garnet, uh, in a strange dichotomy with Ruby and Sapphire, instead of being two gems that are actually one mineral, Garnet is one gem that is actually a whole class of minerals. There are six types of Garnet that occur commonly in nature, and an entire spectrum of intermediaries between these six endpoints, known as Solid Solution Series to geologists. All garnets follow the chemical formula. I'm going to skip over the chemical formula somewhat. Um, If that sounded technical and vague, which is why I skipped it, that is because it is. Uh, (laughs) It it was technical and vague. In addition to the six common types uh, of the solid solution series between them, there are dozens of rarer types that are formed of rare elements occupying the X and Y positions of the formula. Uh, There's a lot of... Okay, let's skip the chemistry anecdotes. (laughs) Chemistry anecdotes aside, there are two things that stand out about Garnet the character and Garnet's in real life. First, the theming of Garnet the character with respect to the chemical formula of Garnet's. We have two disparate elements, X and Y, ruby and sapphire, giving up something, electrons or their autonomy, to the silicate group or an electron acceptor or their love and shared form. Yeah, so they there are two parts to a Garnet that have to give up something to form a shared different thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is something that the show creators have thought about. I don't yeah. think any of this is a coincidence. No, I feel like there's probably a geologist on staff who's <laughs> like, oh, two, two things that give up something yeah. and form into a new thing. Yeah. That's, that's a garnet. I feel like I'm back in like science class. Like, yeah, like, I'm giving these, like, you a very numbers. rushed science lesson yeah. where I skip over all of the actual science. Is, is there going to be a test on this at the end? Uh, y- yeah, the, the chemical formula, I didn't tell you. What is it? Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, uh, you failed the test, <laughs> Mia. Can I cheat and check my notes? No, you failed the test, Mia. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Second, the incredible variability of, of the Garnet Mineral Group hints to me that the result of fusions of other gems, uh, of gems other than rubies and sapphires may result in a different type of garnet. I like this theory that maybe this garnet is not the only type of garnet, and that there might be... Because we saw a different-looking garnet in the Off-Colours episode. That is true. I forgot about that one. Yeah. (laughs) Is it possible that she is a garnet fusion made of not a ruby and a sapphire? She's made of two different things. I'm trying to remember what her gems were. Could we see them? I do not recall. I can't remember. This is when we should have done research. (laughs) Uh, The the question brought up that may slightly undercut that is that the core character is referred to only as garnet and not a specific species of garnet like almondine or pyrope. But it could just be a um, nickname. It, uh, my suspicion is because fusion between different types of gem is somewhat forbidden. You don't really need to talk about the substrates of garnet because garnets are forbidden within society at large. And so, so garnet's kind they of wouldn't like, have encountered that many of them. Yeah, so in a sense, garnet's like garnet is my nickname, but my full name is. <laughs> yeah, she may have a full name, but she's like, ah, there's not like garnets are forbidden. There's yeah. no other garnet. Kind of like show dogs, how they've got the long fancy name <laughs> and then their actual name. Kind of, I guess. <laughs> Do show dogs have long fancy names? Yeah. Also, yeah. it's weird to call garnet a show dog. Horses <laughs> do that as well. Horses. Like their registered name is generally a really long, yeah. showy name, and then generally they're referred to by. Like my cousin has a, a dog that's called it, it. It's just called Misty around the house, mm. but its actual like show dog name is Frosty Paws Mystical Rose. I used to um, my ex owned a horse called Jack, but Jack's actual name was Jack of Hearts. That was her actual registered name because mm-hmm. they have kind of horses are weird. Like I'm not horses part of are weird. <laughs> I'm not part of the whole like. Sure, animal scene, but that is how it I works. think it's just so they've got like 
something slightly different about the name so you know which one they're on about. Because, yeah. like, like the, it, it'd be like if you go to a dog show and half of them are called Max, you'd just be like, <laughs> Okay. Which Max do you mean? I, I have I have a uh, a sort of follow up question I guess to this now, which is Smudge is a short name. What should we call Smudge? Our house cat as a long <laughs> fancy show cat name now. Anyone got any suggestions? You know I call her Smudgealicious. I do call her Smudgealicious. Lady Smudgealicious of the house. Uh Okay. The house get- <laughs> Lady Smudgealicious of the house homosexual. That works. <laughs> I like Anyone that. else got any suggestions for Smudge's full title? I can't top that. No, I, <laughs> I apologise. I, I jumped in and didn't give anyone a chance to come up with a fancy name. <laughs> this is not something I intended we would be talking no. about. <laughs> okay, Pearl. Uh, this they were continuing with the lengthy geology mm-hmm. email because there's interesting stuff. Oh, it is interesting. Um, unlike most of the other gems on the show, pearls are not minerals. They contain both organic and mineral components. Created by mollusks, usually clams or mussels, pearls are created when the animal encounters an irritant of some kind mm-hmm. and cannot expel it. The irritant is then covered in layers of shell, which begin to grow along with the animal itself. The pearl is. Like the shell itself, constructed from layers of protein and ag- aragonite, or aragonite and calcite. Mm-hmm. Aragonite and calcite are both forms of calcium carbonate with different crystal structures. These are known as crystal polymorphs. Polymorphs will be discussed in greater deal in the section on the diamonds. <laughs> uh, the way... Okay, so... We, we will finish this chunk. I have, like, a question logistically about Pearl's existence, because I'd never really thought about no. Pearl uh-huh. being weird. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. The way Pearls are treated in gem society is interesting when we consider the fact that they are the only being with, organic, uh, with an organic component seen so far in the series, Stephen aside, of course. There are clear parallels to be seen between the way Pearls are treated... Um, uh, between Pearls and humans are treated in the series... Pearls are playthings. The most important role they may fill is that of a secretary, but they're mostly there to look pretty and entertain. Their thoughts and opinions are considered meaningless. Similarly, the humans in the human sewer are infantilized to a frightening degree. They exist to be seen. Rose, despite her fascination with them, treats humans like playthings and only stops when Greg demands to be treated with respect. Perhaps this, perhaps this stems from a disdain for organic life in gem society. I'm really curious now yeah i, like, I had never thought uh, of this but had you reasonable. had you ever thought about this that gems i thought about that pearl that, was that, unusual for a gem mm. yeah that they presumably it would make sense <sighs> if like if the idea is that in the gem society the diamonds are at the top because they're yeah. kind of the most pure it would make sense if a pearl is part organic which is why it's at the very bottom i have I, I I have a thought about this, I suppose, which would be assuming that pearls existed within gem society before they came to Earth, that means that Steven Universe canonically acknowledges that there is organic life elsewhere in the universe. <laughs> aliens in Steven Universe, that organic aliens confirmed. I, I feel like that is a thing. I feel like that has to be a thing in, like... I, I, I feel like the gems must have conquered an alien planet at some point. Presumably. So Where everyone was mollusks and therefore there were pearls everywhere. Yeah, the clam people were, were wiped out. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't hollow out the clam planet. They produced uh, they produced pearls, which yeah. were, we guess, Simply useful. enslaved them. So rather than burying them in the ground in um, kindergartens, we just stick We stick a rock inside in the mollusk planet. Yeah, yeah that could work. Oh, God. The, Quite uh, horrifying. I'm, I'm now picturing a planet where the whole planet is just a giant mollusk. Yeah, we, we've had a human zoo, so we'll now maybe have, like, the mollusk zoo. Well, mollusk farms maybe i kind of like mollusk zoo because they're kind of like goofy looking animals anyway they're just like a shell with a tongue sticking out of it they can make for a cute zoo i wonder if every planet they conquer has a zoo (gasps) what if there's a conservation for every alien planet well they didn't seem interested in conserving anything other than humans on earth it's true and that was like it seems like it's a little bit odd that pink diamond wanted her human zoo yeah maybe it's just the dominant race zoo Maybe it was just that 
with humans it was sort of a fanciful thing for fanciful thing for pink diamond but with other species say the clam the hypothetical clam people <laughs> it's uh, because they they had practical use for yeah maybe pearls. it's more functional yeah but with the humans it wasn't really worth so it did they pair them up in the anything. same way they did the humans this I'm... mollusk can go with that mollusk let's get Ronaldo I... on the phone I think he'd have yeah. a good, good theory that the clam people I want to see the clam planet yeah Maybe, oh, maybe this is where the organic matter came from. Snake people. Sneeple. We know that Sneeple exists because Ronaldo said it. Maybe the Sneeple were harvested to make pearls. <laughs> maybe. I want a prequel now. Snake yeah. universe. Sneeple universe. Sneeple universe. After Sneeple for ages when I went to work, I kept calling people Sneeples. Hey, Sneeple. <laughs> well, I was like, hello, my Sneeples. <laughs> uh, next up is Quartzes. Crystal quartzes, amethyst, rose, rainbow, and smoky. Microcrystalline quartzes, jasper, carnaline, agate, sardonyx. Quartz in all its forms is amongst the most common of minerals. With an incredibly simple chemical formula, it is oddly the entry I have the least to say about. One thing I find interesting, though, is that the is that real-life sardonyx is a type of agate, and yet neither pearl nor garnet is a type of quartz. Also, rainbow quartz is a man-made treatment applied to the surface of naturally occurring quartz crystals. Uh, you know, you don't naturally get rainbow quartzes. If rainbow quartz occurred for the first time on Earth, human input is what causes rainbow quartz. Rainbow quartz, kind of fits. Rainbow quartz <laughs> the one time we saw them, occurred because Greg was there. Greg was a factor sure. <laughs> that impacted them fusing. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the it. The jealousy, therefore, human impact in rainbow quartz. Now, is that that a nothing <laughs> it was theory? A pride. They were like rainbows. We need those. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with re- with regards to smoky quartz, I find it interesting that she asks herself, "What is the combination of rose and amethyst, smoky quartz?" As if she had to think about it and then remembered the answer. It begs the question. Do gems innately know what they are mineral-wise? Is the knowledge of all possible fusion results pra- programmed into them? How does Smokey know? I have wondered this. Because it makes me think about Garnet, though. Because I don't recall Garnet naming herself Garnet. She was more like, what the hell am I? Like, what am I? Yeah, but it's a good point. Look, we Smoky made something quote. entirely new. Exactly. Yeah. But like, Smokey quotes does seem to be like, this is what I am. Which makes me wonder, is that because she's like, this kind of fits? Or is it more about them What being... was it called when me and Rose were fused? I don't think they fused, because A, Smoky Quartz as a fusion seems to be built on insecurity that was definitely not Rose's deal. No. Uh, and secondly, like, she definitely gives the impression that this is new for her. Yeah, like, when Smoky Quartz appears, it does sound like Smoky Quartz is kind of like, I've never existed before, I wonder who I yeah. am. Like, her whole, like, the Know Your Fusion episode we get to in the next batch is all about her, like, finding out who she is. Yeah, that's true. She doesn't seem to have an awareness of that. Yeah. But it, it does, um, to go back to the question, is it almost like adding up numbers kind of thing? You know, is she Ooh. like, oh, two plus two is four. So she kind of they, like, they oh, just rose quartz, all, amethyst, makes smoky quartz. All gems innately know mineral math. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Do you know your mineral times tables? No. Do you know your mineral times so, tables? I've already demonstrated. I have no idea. Do you know your <laughs> mineral times tables? I'm afraid not. Ah, uh, I'm disappointed okay. in you all. I think this email has uh, pretty much highlighted who we need to have on our show next. Yeah. Uh, last up, we have Sugalite and Aquamarine. What? Why put these together? They're both... Cyclosilicates, which of are yes, which are minerals which, as a part of their crystal structure, have ex- hexagonal rings of silica. Their chemical formulas are also both rather long, and I didn't see much significance to them, so I'm not going to get into them. Thank you. <laughs> we would have read them on the show. Uh, the main point I'd like to make about is about aquamarine. Her class of gem is obviously incredibly powerful and high class. She has subordinates to do the muscular stuff, and her own powers are incredibly potent. I see clear parallels between aquamarines and sapphires. Consequently, I expected aquamarines underlings to be emeralds. Aquamarine is the name we give to light blue coloured beryl, the generic name for the mineral. Emerald is the name given to deep green coloured beryl. 
It seemed odd to me that after sticking rubies and sapphires together, the writers showed us one type of, a type of beryl, and its not more arguably famous cousin, emerald, instead choosing topaz. So, that's a big old thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have much to say, but it's an interesting point. We do know that emerald gems exist from the San Diego Comic-Con teaser does, I think, acknowledge an emerald. Okay. Emeralds are more senior. Yeah. In a way that there weren't any sapphires. And there it could be that aquamarines serve emeralds. Yes. At which point that, that makes sense. emeralds more, even more dangerous by comparison, because my goodness, aquamarine <laughs> was powerful. That's true. So... It could also be that the weaker gems are sent with the burly yellow gems. Because, like, Peridot was sent down with Jasper, who was a burly yellow gem. Yeah. Burly yellow gem sent down with the, the thinkers. Yeah. It's... Topaz has the big yellow things yeah. on her neck. I'm just wondering if Jasper would count as yellow, though, because she's off colour. If yeah, she's but she has a she... yellow nose. Yeah. Does she still count as yellow or does she count as... Uh, who knows? Well, that's why Stephen says um, yellow diamond. Well, yeah, and then and, Jasper's, and like, Jasper's no. like, no, pink diamond. No. My diamond. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Arthur, for the lesson in geology. Uh, next up, we have an email from Louise Paolo. Uh, so I have some stuff I, re- I remember to write an email about. Um... The eyeball eyeball gem weapon in the bubbled episode we talked about, we described it as a dagger or a knife or something to that effect. It's like think a we little broken it dagger or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so about that weapon, uh, Louise points out uh, they remember it being talked about that it wasn't exactly a dagger, but a chisel. And imagining that how much more gruesome a chisel could be in that situation... That's kind of terrifying. A chisel to a gem. A chisel to a gem is kind of terrifying. Um, is that how, I wonder, is that how it's meant to be used? Is it chisel off the gem and that's how they poof? Oh. Like rather than stabbing the light projection, do you, you kind pop of the yeah, gem pop out? the gem off? Mm, what the hell would that do to poor Stephen? Well, we don't know. Probably kill him. We have no idea. Yeah. Um, another interesting point this email brings up is that when the destabilizer is used on Steven, may, potentially we might have a reason why it doesn't destabilize him so fast, is we see the electricity stuff not going straight for his gem, but going in almost like a vein pattern, mm. as if it's having to follow the okay. physical layout of his body and the pathways along it. And the question is, is it that he's immune to the destabilizer? Or is it just taking longer to reach his gem? Yeah, like it can't find the gem. It and gets that redirected. if he was in contact with the destabilizer for too long, he might get destabilized? Possibly. Maybe if it had gone straight for the gem. Yeah, if you'd stabbed him straight in the gem rather than like in the hands mm. and let it travel through him, yeah. maybe it would have been an issue. It's too organic. Yeah. yeah. I, I like this thought that that's why we see the sort of lightning veins I've never going through him. That's a good point. Is they do seem to take physical time to go through his, yeah. either like his blood vessels or his like nervous system or something that might carry electricity. Um, also, there's a there's a potential reason in this email for uh, Stephen's ability to, to not die from lack of oxygen, mm. which is the idea that is is it that Stephen can maybe he- automatically heal himself? His healing factor is constantly healing himself. Uh, it's kind of like when the Incredible Hulk was ejected into space prior to I'm really nerdy prior to Planet Hulk, um, where kind of like he was in a vacuum, but his body was healing the damage of the vacuum at the same yeah. time. So, so he's kind of still conscious, still it's, alive. Yeah. So it's not that he doesn't <clears throat> need to breathe. It's he runs out of oxygen, starts to die. And then heals, and then yeah. starts to die and heals. And that would explain how he clearly does need to breathe, or he experiences some significant discomfort if he can't breathe, but also why he's not killed yeah. by that like lack he, of breathing. He cannot suffocate to death. But Sounds like yeah. a hellish existence, though. <laughs> yeah, and we now have the Hulk as our reference point yeah, for this being have. a plausible thing in media. So. The Incredible Steven Universe. The Incredible <laughs> Steven Universe, indeed. Um... 
Yeah, no, the way they summarise it in this email is, if the body stops functioning naturally due to hunger, thirst, air, he would be almost dead, not moving, but his gem would keep repairing him. Uh, also, I, I'm interested in reading into this, um, into this bit of the theory. During Buddy's book, which is in the next batch of episodes we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about, I believe, um, one of the books in a pile of books that Connie's studying in the library is a book about Kintsugi, which is a kind of Eastern philosophy. I don't know much about it. I might just have to do a quick Google about its core uh, things. I have never heard of it before, but I'm curious to see where this is Let's find out what kind of philosophy this is. Um, This is something that was being... Oh, I know what this is. Um, Yes, it's uh, it's also known as Golden Repair. It's the Japanese art of repairing broken uh, pottery with a lacquer dusted or mixed with powdered gold, silver, platinum. Um... As a philosophy, it treats breakage and repair as part of the history of an object rather than something to disguise. It's this idea of, don't hide the fact this thing was broken, make that part of the beauty of it. Yeah, and it becomes something new um, for being broken. Yeah, and I'm now trying to think... Stephen? Stephen is kind of like, come from, just like, dead yeah. rose? Possibly. Is something new? Pearl I... and the sash that she used that covered up where she was stabbed. Yeah, don't, don't, well, she's kind of hiding the place where she was yeah, stabbed. Yeah, but it's also because she was stabbed, yeah. she has this new fanciful yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. It's something I'm going to be thinking about until we do the Buddies book discussion next episode. Yeah. Like, Connie was researching the art of just because something's broken doesn't mean you shouldn't highlight that break and make it beautiful. It seems deliberate. I have to imagine they were thinking yeah. about subtext. I, I'm now wondering, like, what. Could this be foreshadowing, yeah. maybe? Stephen Spit. <laughs> Stephen Spit. Could you argue that's what happens to Lars in the new episode? Possibly. He, he comes back pretty pink. Um, and Amethyst changed her look after she got shattered. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, last email, and this may be my favourite one we've had this batch. This is the one about lion liquors. Oh, yes. I'm so ready for this. So this is from uh, Panda. Uh, I also tweeted this at you, but I thought I'd, you know, email this. Um, I read this amazing thing on Reddit about the trial. Um, And this is talking about the end of season four, but I kind of want to talk about this because I need to talk about this theory. Let's just do it. I'm not sure if this has been mentioned. Um, Stephen heals with his spit and revives with his tears. Rose heals with her tears and revives with her... If it's reversed, it would be revives with her spit. Lion was revived by Rose, presumably with her spit. Lion lickers. She licked Lion back to life. Has this been an episode one of the show long play? I wouldn't be surprised if that was deliberate. And Lion was obsessed with Lion Lickers when he first <gasps> was introduced. Is yeah. that why he's obsessed with Lion Lickers? Is because <laughs> licking Lion is what... Brought... Mental association. Yeah, lion being licked brought lion back to life. Therefore, lion lickers yeah. are the best thing in the world. I want more friends? I will lick them. Yes, <laughs> lion lickers. We will have more. My dead friends can come back, please. Oh, so, I got way, way sadder than I intended. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm now just trying to picture Rose licking lion. My furry tongue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see her maybe doing it because like the lions licked each other and she's Coughing sad about the dead. Ball. Just backing away. She's maybe sad about the dead lion and like. Nah, I could see a, a kissing lion. If yeah. like, the lions die. Yeah, because and... Stephen's healed with kisses as exactly. well. Exactly. That's what yeah. I That's how he fixes MC Berber. Mm-hmm. He had a tear tear. He did. Tear and MC Berber. Uh, so that's everything we have in this batch of Stephen Universe uh, Crystal Clodcast emails. If you want to email us for the next uh, batch of Crystal Clodcast emails for the next Crystal Clodcast, you can email hello at crystalclodcast.com. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, that's correct. I, <laughs> I can see you looking at me like... Yeah. It's, it's like I think I Stop me if I'm wrong. Yep. We should probably do some self-promotion. So we'll start with Mia. Where are you on the internet? I am Omia God on Twitter. I'm also on Patreon at patreon.com. Forward slash Mia Violet. I forgot my own name then. I was like, where am I on Patreon? <laughs> um, I also have a website, which is miaviolet.com. Hooray. Retta, where are you on the internet? I am super Retta pretty much everywhere on the internet. 
Jane, where are you on the internet and what things do you do? Because you've not promoted yourself before. I am Maniac Janiac on Twitter. I'm also found on stonemonkeyradio.wordpress.com. I make a horror-themed ASMR show called The Programme, which is nearly finished. And I'm currently doing a... D&D. A D&D roleplay with yourself and uh, George Jeffmeister Johnson as um, uh, polyamory-themed D&D... Yes, the polyamory. Polyamory. Which I must say, it's a really good title Thanks. for a thing. Uh, you can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Thank you very much. Bye.